Hey, did you know there's a little pink pill? Wait, a what? A little pink pill? Did you say a little pink pill? Yes, the little pink pill. You definitely need to know about this. Are you for real? Just to be clear, you're telling me there's a little pink pill? For me? That's right. The Little Pink Pill. And it's called Addy. A-D-D-Y-I. Or Flibanserin. Learn more about The Little Pink Pill at A-D-D-Y-I.com. See full prescribing information and medication guide, including boxed warning regarding severe low blood pressure and fainting in certain settings at Addy.com slash P-I. Or call 844-PINK-PILL. Good news, ladies. There's more. Addy, the FDA-approved Little Pink Pill, is also affordable and can be shipped directly to your front door. That's right. With insurance coverage, Addy is only $20 per month and $0 after month three. If your insurance doesn't cover Addy, there is still a discount program to get you the best possible price and get free shipping right to your door. So now's the time to ask your doctor about Addy. Learn more at Addy.com. That's A-D-D-Y-I.com. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Noah has been out of town. I am an adult woman. I can cook for myself. I don't enjoy cooking, but, and I, I've definitely done it. But at the farmer's market, I saw that they had like a thing of fresh guacamole and I was like, I'm going to buy that. But in like peak white woman, 90s, like brainwash eating issues, I was like, but I won't buy chips. I was just, I was like, you'll buy this and you'll eat it healthy. You'll put it on your eggs or on toast, whatever. I get home and sure enough, like two days later, I'm like, okay, well, I'm hungry and I don't want this beautiful guacamole to go bad because of my mom. I'm a mom. I say things like beautiful guacamole. And I was like, I need chips. And there was no one to get them. And I couldn't, I didn't really want to put Sierra in the car. I was just too lazy to like go and buy them. So I postmated in like the sleaziest move of all time, Chipotle double order of chips. And I was like, I may as well, you know, get myself dinner. It's kind of a brilliant idea. And so I got a burrito bowl, but I got with double chicken. And I sent the picture to Noah, who is a chef. And I was like, baby, I can explain. <laughs> and he was like, oh, wow. He's at this like elegant dinner with like the people from Eater in like Portland. And I'm like, <laughs> this double chicken. And he was like, double chicken. He goes, what are you, a bodybuilder? Like who gets double chicken? <laughs> Chipotle is a good chip though. It's a good chip and it was an available chip and it's just about a vehicle for the guac yeah. in that moment. Yeah. And not that I need to defend eating. I was only able to stomach half the bowl. Did it make me a little gassy? Yes, but I would still, I think Chipotle is great. So <laughs> all these people who are snobby about Chipotle and Cheesecake Factory, get offline, get off your fucking high horses and 
get something for your, get some value. Oh, you saw that article that said like Cheesecake Factory is the worst place to take a date. Why? It's so many options. You have a nice, fun drink. You sit at a booth. I love it. (laughs) I don't have a problem. I'll tell you exactly why people have a problem with Cheesecake Factory. Because people have grown up in this online culture, largely propagated by rap and hip hop, which is where everybody has a billion dollars in diamonds, everybody fronts. And so people act as if they come from this old line money or newfound wealth where you're just like, you use words like classy and people think it's trashy. And it's like, first of all, it's not inexpensive. Second of all, it's an incredible value. All the food is like modified chemically to be tasty. Like there's a lot of research that goes in there. An incredible, not only value, but amount of food that you get. And so it's just like adopting this like, oh, I can't, you don't take me there. I'm worth more. It's like, where the fuck do you want to go? Ruth's Chris, you think that's a nice restaurant to eat in the lobby of a office building attached to the airport? People just say it and they have no fucking clue what they're talking about. And you'll pay the same amount of money, if not more, for a smaller portion somewhere else. So people are just dumb. Only dumb people are saying that. Yeah. And I don't even go there. I'm just saying, like, get over yourselves. Right. Well, this is perfect food talk because it's the day before Thanksgiving. If you're listening to this when it drops, which you better be, you better not be saving it for a different day. Don't save it. Hopefully you're listening to this while you're preparing a pie that no one really wants to eat. You're getting everything ready, stressing out over the placement of plastic leaves on your table, picking up grandma from the airport, preparing your talking points for why being gay is not a choice, whatever. Yeah, getting ready to fight. Getting ready to fight. You're greasing up those boxing gloves. We're going to, we have a couple Thanksgiving questions, but we're going to pepper in some regular ones. But Thanksgiving is here. We're here. Just uh, ready to answer your family drama questions. You need this support. Hopefully you've used our coupon for better help and you're in a closet somewhere just doing some deep breathing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Hello, AIE crew, longtime listener here. Yes, I have a master's degree, but my husband is the nurse, not me. I have a question about hosting Thanksgiving or not hosting and the guilt that comes with it. My husband, 27 male, and I, 27 female, got married in October of 2022. Shortly after we host Thanksgiving, it was also the first holiday in our new home. I was so excited to do it last year as we had only ever hosted small gatherings in our apartment. I also was so excited to host something as a married couple and share this holiday with my new family. It went super well last year. We had about 10 people there plus the two of us. The way our house is set up, it's similar to a raised ranch. The dining room area is too small for all of those guests, so we had to borrow folding party tables from his parents and put three of them in our living room. I absolutely hated that idea. I felt like it was tacky and disgusting, but it wasn't my call. I got home from work the day before Thanksgiving and my husband and mother-in-law had moved all of my living room furniture into the guest room to the point where you couldn't walk into it anymore just to put the stupid party tables out. I understand that that was probably the best choice given our limited options, but I was so upset to come home to all of my things moved without my input being given. I was hurt and his mother said something along the lines of, he's so excited to have the first Thanksgiving in his house as if it isn't our house and our names aren't both on the mortgage. During the actual event, I couldn't stop worrying. I was so anxious about people touching our things or not putting things back or just simply making a mess. 
I know what you're thinking. You're right. I'm super anal. And yes, I am an only child. <laughs> However, I keep my I house- wasn't thinking that. I know the feeling. You have nice... I get it. It's, the, it's one of the downsides of hosting. I wasn't thinking that. Don't assume. I keep my house spotless at all times and I have an obsessive cleaning routine. I felt myself so worried the entire Thanksgiving day that I truly didn't enjoy it at all. I couldn't wait until the last guest left so that I could quickly start deep cleaning and putting my furniture back. I had a panic attack after everyone left because I hated it. All right, maybe you're a little yeah. anal. <laughs> so then brings this year. I confided in my husband how bad last year was for me. And he was very quiet and said, it's fine if we don't host. I pressed him to see if he really enjoyed hosting and would be sad if we didn't, but he brushed it off and said he didn't care. I don't believe him, but that's another issue. He asked his mom to host this year, and I feel bad because out of all the guests we had there, the only people who can host are my husband and I or his parents. So it's making me feel guilty, even though I stood up for myself and put my mental health first and chose not to put myself through it again. His mom seemed offended and asked my husband if her family had done something wrong. He claimed she really didn't believe what he said about me being overwhelmed, even though it's the truth, but she loves hosting, so she allegedly didn't mind. Thoughts with love from Connecticut. P.S. My husband and I saw you live in 2022 at Foxwoods, and we loved it. couple things here. Part of owning a home is that people are going to come into it. I get it. I have a lot of nice things, breakable things, and the whole time I'm able to have fun I'm not quite where you are, but you are worried. Like, are they going to spill on my carpet, on this expensive rug? Are they going to knock into something? These are adults. Hopefully, they're conducting themselves properly. Things like that don't tend to happen. It's not like you're having a house party for a bunch of teenagers. You don't like hosting. I think you like the idea of it, but it doesn't vibe with you. Family's supposed to be uncomfortable, but if you don't like hosting, then you guys shouldn't do it. You know, it's something you did once. Maybe you do it to accommodate. You know, like I do it because this is the only place people can all gather in my family. Nobody else has a house. Uh, And the only other person that has the house lives on the East Coast, but we all live on the West Coast or go to my mom's. It's not that nobody has it, but I just have the bigger house. Uh And I, I like doing it, but I get it. I think you need to sit down with the mom. And the mom is from a different generation. And she's like, oh, you got a mental health issue? Like, okay. The mom likes doing it. It's a lot of little things that checkered it. Like his house, his this, his that. Your mom likes doing it. You sit down with her and be like, here's the truth. I'm not great at hosting. I'm not comfortable with all these people in my house. It's just, you can agree or disagree that this is how I feel, but it just wasn't my vibe. You love doing it. So we would love to help. Yes. And have you do it. And that's all there is to it. I can't imagine your husband loves hosting. I think the mom loves hosting. So your dad's like, don't we want to, you're sorry, your husband's like, don't we want to do this? But not a ton of men who are like, I need everyone to come over. As for the table setup, it's not that it's tacky to have another room, but it does kind of defeat the purpose of Thanksgiving, which is togetherness. I mean, we had a very uncomfortable situation where I tried to put out place cards for each person And people were acting as if like a bill had been passed that took away their right to free speech. Like (laughs) people were, I was just like, I was just trying to organize it and make it like a nice dinner party. And like, it just became a thing. Oh, as the host, whatever you do is wrong. Nobody's ever grateful, whatever. You don't like hosting. So don't host. I I wonder if you can key in on like, if there are parts that you don't think the mother-in-law likes, like, can you be like, I'll rent the tables. I'll get a cleaning service the day after. We'll make this. Like, is there a way where you can make her experience easier? 
if you're not going to host it. I don't think she cares about that. I think she'd probably be like, you're really good at it. We don't love doing it. If you're also, you're giving your husband, you confide in him all of these things about your neuroses. You've given him the chance to voice his opinion. And if he's not, that's more of an issue between the two of you. But it's kind of like, look, you're an adult. I'm an adult. I'm giving you the chance to say how you feel. Don't be passive aggressive about it. And he genuinely, you said it's like a different conversation, but he genuinely may not care that much. And I think the mom would love to do it. And you can offer to help, but it's just not where you are right now, especially with a new house. And I get that. Yeah. I, and it sounds like based on her being more like, oh, did my family offend you? It sounds like you were hosting your husband's extended family. So I'm sure that was also more stressful than if just your own parents were there kicking around, touching your stuff. Make sure she knows it's not personal. Yeah. And she may not believe you, but all you can do is be like, I just want to sit down. We love your family. I love your family. I am your family. It's just not my thing. I don't want you to think for a second it's anything anyone did and, and be like, and like I, I want to be involved. We want to be there. I just, I think you're better at hosting. Build yeah. her up. Yeah. She doesn't, but she thinks you're a, she thinks you're a pill. Like, I don't know how you make it look so easy. It was not easy. I don't want to do it again. There you go. Because <laughs> she already thinks that you're like a little fragile, a little high maintenance, kind of a stick in the mud. So just feel to her better angels. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Eliza. I'm busy. And this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around. And I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. 
Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. When I tell you I am speed eating this cookie in between questions. What flavor cookie is it? What is it? Like a brown butter oatmeal thing. Nice. Not just a standard old chocolate chip. Excuse me. Can I tell you, I went to a private club last night that my friend belongs to for dinner. And when I got there, they were doing a cake decorating class. (gasps) And I was like, can we do this instead of have dinner? (laughs) And they were like, no, it's prepaid. But they were cake decorating olive oil cakes. And I was like, nobody wants this. And I asked if I could be part of the judging. And they were like, yeah, we can all, because there were like 20 people in the restaurant. And I was like, surely someone will cut open their cake and share it. No one did. Everybody's like, I got to take my olive oil cake home. I'm like, cool. Enjoy having like a bite of that and pretending it's vanilla. Did you take a bite to judge it or you were just judging presentation? Because it was decorating. Just presentation. Just presentation. And also like Italy, just be cool with like having mastered all other forms of food. Like your cakes don't smack. Like nobody is like, oh, what's a savory cooking oil that I can put as the main flavor of a baked good? Like you lose. Stop selling me olive oil cake. Like cake should always be sweet and indulgent, not like a bitter journey just for the texture. It's so funny. You walked in, saw a class was happening. It was like, can I be a judge? <laughs> that feels so right. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very warm environment. It's even funnier that I'm like, surely someone will give me. And they t- You guys are going to want to share this with me. No. No, they want to take their ugly cakes home. To their families to show them what incredible work they did. There's like very little icing. That's my toxic trait. Is like, I just assume everyone's going to always be excited for me. <laughs> like excited to give me their cake. They're yeah. Like, why would they? They don't know you. <laughs> right. They're like, oh, we want to invite you in. No. They're like, we, we want to leave. We did our class. Bye. And the advertisement for the class, like in the elevator of like the calendar of the month, showed a different type of cake. Like I would have signed up thinking it was a regular cake, not like an endurance challenge. Yeah. Hi, Eliza, Emily, and Pod Squad. I am traveling six hours for Thanksgiving with my six-month-old and my husband to see my husband's family. We are sharing a house with his parents, sister, great-aunt and uncle, and adult cousin. His grandpa and grandma will be coming over during the day. There will also be three small dogs there. I get along with his family fine, but they can get really overwhelming. 
They fight over my baby, fight is in quotes, and don't seem to get the hint that sometimes he just needs to be with me and they do not have to be part of every moment with him. His grandpa and grandma are old and very crabby and hard to be around at times. The three dogs are not well-trained and make me nervous around the baby. Lastly, my husband reverts back to being 12 when he is with his little sister. Not going is not an option and not staying with them is not an option. My question is, how do I protect my mental state during the five-day trip? I don't want it to be totally miserable, but I am honestly dreading it, and I would like to enjoy my baby's first Thanksgiving. Thank you for all the wisdom you've given to us over the years. You and Emily are like the big sister I never had. I like that we are one Voltron one sister. <laughs> we are big sister. <laughs> um, let me explain this to you. You're not meant to enjoy anything from now on because you are a mother. You are not meant to enjoy a holiday. Even if it was a lovely family, you are feeding this baby, putting it down for a nap, changing it. It's crying. Like you are on duty. I remember those days and I recently had my cousins over. You got to leave. You got to go in the room. You've got to pump. You've got to breastfeed. You've got to feed them. They need a beat. You are going to be so focused on this baby that needs so much attention, especially at six months. You won't even have time to take in those factors. So you need to protect that energy. The good news about being a new mother is that you can squirrel away to a dark room whenever you want. I've got to feed him. He has to, or I don't know. They have to go down for a nap. We just need a beat. And you don't want someone holding your baby? Then you don't give it to him. No, we're just taking it easy. There's a lot going on right now. You don't have to explain anything. We have a relative who is almost always in another room with her baby. She's super hands-on. Do I think it's a social anxiety thing? Yes, but like no one's going to call her on it. No one's going to be like, why are you feeding your baby for so long? That baby's got to go down. And it is okay if that baby does go down and you check your Instagram for a half hour. (laughs) because you need to be in the room with the baby. Because you know what nobody wants is to hear your baby crying at the table. So there is no enjoying. And then when the baby is sleeping, maybe you come out, you take a breath, you can talk to people, but the good news is you have the baby to focus on. The bad news is you have the baby to focus on. I Do what but guys do. don't worry do. about anything else. Go, go sit on the toilet for an hour. Go sit out with your butthole wide open. Just go sit on that toilet and have your your husband run interference or hand the child off to him. So don't worry about it. You just carve out what's a room I can go to to pump. Like right when you get there, what's a room to put the baby down? And that will be your little room. Yeah, it seems like, well, since you're staying there five days, I'm guessing it'll be your room. But that's just, oh, that's so many uh-huh. people. That's so, that's so much. There's three dogs. You got to keep that those dogs out of the baby's room. You just, it's... Everyone needs to accommodate you in this. The dog's not going to bother the baby. Dogs don't no. eat babies. They don't care. And you're the mom. You're hol- this six-month-old baby cannot walk. You're holding the baby. I don't remember if they crawl at six months. Wow. You don't let... The dogs don't care. They, they're fine. Let the dog smell the baby. Be done with it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I really hope this makes it to you guys before you record because I just made an ass out of myself and I need your advice. Okay. Here's what happened. I, 37 female, mother of two, was trying to set a meeting with a girl on my team, early to mid-20s, in front of her boss. She said she can't make that day work because she is having a medical thing and she doesn't know what her recovery time will be. Context, I feel fairly close to this girl. She's asked me for tampons. I've talked to her about my IUD. 
So later, when it was just me and her, I politely asked if she was getting IUD. She said no. She was having an abortion. I apologized for asking and told her she'll be okay and everything will work out just fine. She nervously said thanks and left shortly after without saying goodbye. I feel terrible. I definitely shouldn't have pushed the subject, but what do I do now? Do I drop it? Should I text her? Should I leave a cute little plant on her desk next week? How do I make this right? You don't have to make anything right. If she didn't want to tell you, she wouldn't. I don't think that you're close to her. You give strangers tampons and women just freely talk about IUDs and stuff like that. She did volunteer it. I promise you the furthest thing from her mind is the fact that she told you that when she comes back, you drop by, you want to bring a cute little cupcake. Don't give her a plant. That's, she's like, I already showed you. I don't want to take care of something. (laughs) Maybe it's a cupcake or something. Just be like, I just want to let you know, woman to woman, I shouldn't have asked you about that. And it is your choice. If you were comfortable telling me, great, it's in my head. But I just wanted to acknowledge that that may have made you uncomfortable. So I'm sorry. And she will either accept the apology, be like, thank you so much. I don't want to talk about it. Or be like, I didn't think about it, but that's so kind that you did that. But don't beat yourself up over it. Because if she didn't want to tell you, she wouldn't. She would say, I'm going to get all my teeth shaved down and capped in turkey, turkey teeth. Yeah. Yeah. She very easily could have said, no, that's not it. But so can we reschedule the meeting? So, you know. She's going to realize there's like, I mean, every woman's different, but not a ton of downtime. <laughs> it's an outpatient procedure. Um, I don't know. There's a billion things she could have lied about. So she's fine. Don't overthink it. Yeah. Don't text her. Good luck. <laughs> Rooting for you. Text me when you wake up. <laughs> Did you go through with it? <laughs> Oh my, there's just right back. There's still time (laughs) outside of abortion clinics. Like you'll see signs that are like, you don't have to do this. There's still time to reconsider. And I'm like, there won't be if I keep reading these signs, I got to get in there now. (laughs) I thought about when I, when I went off on that pro-choice fucking school shooter outside of that clinic, I thought about taking off my coat and coming back the next day, like with my full pregnancy belly and being like, I got to get rid of it. And being like, you're too big. I'll be like, this is my right. This is that This is that myth that all of you conservatives hear about the woman at like full term getting an abortion just for fun. I do love when like the Daily Talk Show or whoever goes outside and is like, oh, so do you guys, have you guys adopted any kids? And they're like, no, of course we haven't. It's like, well, then shut the fuck up. Well, it's like Governor Chris Christie was like, you know, my state of New Jersey, you could get an abortion up to nine months. And the news anchor was like, But that is if there's like a life threatening, there's something wrong with this. Like, she's like, you have to understand that nobody does that. Right. Nobody. He's like, well, it's still available. I'm like, yeah, so are all you can eat buffets, but not everybody makes the choice to eat them. Like just because something's available doesn't mean everybody's doing it. Yeah. Idiot. So stupid. No one's ever had a nine month abortion just because. Literally no one. Right. Not a thing. Something very wrong if that's happening. Hi, Eliza. I want to start off by saying thanks for the many hours of enjoyment this podcast has brought my wife and I on our road trips. This past summer, my wife, sister-in-law, a couple members of our extended family, and I went on a group vacation and rented a small lake house upstate. My wife and I had done some saving a few months prior in preparation to help pay for the rental. At the end of the trip, my sister-in-law looked at my wife and me and thanked us for hosting her. Long story short, 
it was sprung upon my wife and I as she was leaving that we had to pay for her share of the trip. She claimed that everybody else knew about it, but we certainly didn't know anything. Needless to say, it left a bad taste in our mouths. Not to mention that she spent several hundred dollars shopping with us on clothing and jewelry without batting an eye on this very trip that she claimed she wasn't sure she could afford to go on. I told her how we felt about it and she blew it off without even apologizing. This isn't the first time this sort of thing has happened, so it's becoming an undesirable pattern. Help me, Eliza. What do I do? Thanks. I want to clarify. This is your sister? Sister-in-law. This is, okay, but are you a boy? Yes, this is a boy with a wife. Welcome. Welcome <laughs> to the pod. A boy. I guess it's a so man. this is your wife's sister. It's cuter to say boy. I guess it could this be is like your his wife's sibling's wife, but let's assume it's the wife's sister. Do you know what I mean? Like is she I, like really young? Is she the baby of the family? Like, is this cute? I'm always, it's always difficult to understand when it's like, and they blew it off. It's like, what did, what did she really say? Was she just like, LOL, whatever. The fact that you said anything is important. I'm interested to know what you said. It's always tricky when it's like, and I saw them spending money. Otherwise, how much was this trip? Was this like a $500 trip? Your issue is, this is not the first time that you've all paid for something. Who organized it? Why was this sprung on you? Who all organized it? Right. Like, were you meant to be, you paid and everyone was supposed to pay you back? Like, you booked it and then she's just like, nope. Like, how, there's, if, if she was just like, no, you have to kick in more for me. No. But I guess if you had already paid the balance and now it's like, oh, we have to recoup our costs and she just refused. I mean, that's, don't do this with her again. She, you can't. Go yeah, on a but trip this is also an, it's an allowed pattern, which means the siblings put up with it or the parents, you say the parents were there? Why it's am I, extended why is it so hard to be family the is there. So I don't know exactly I'm, who. I'm more interested, like who booked this? How was this pitched? And this is something that she pulls because she can get away with it. So the next time you guys do something, you just be like, everybody owes $250, Julie. Like this is what the rules are. And because you're a man, for some reason, like it's easier to just say that. Like it's so good that you called her out on it. But it's tough because you don't want to abnegate yourself from a good time. But yeah, nobody wants to be stuck footing the bill for another adult. So just don't go again. And it might just have to be that. Or it might just be everybody pays up front. But you need to get with the other people organizing it because this was clearly not made clear and everybody else agreed to it, which means they're okay with it. Right. Are you, you're is not. it 10 of you subsidizing her? I mean, again, like you need to be informed. This is not cool, but stop doing things That's with the her other thing. where she's not paying up front. She's not good for it. Yeah. Is it 10 of you and you each just paid an extra 25 and she gets to feel included and she really doesn't have any money or is she just like the baby of the family and it's whatever, whatever. Um, Especially if she like doesn't bring anything to the table, which we don't know. That's the X factor. We don't know. But yeah, there we're all adults here. If you could take a vacation, you could definitely pay for it. Yeah, especially if you're spending hundreds on clothing and jewelry. But it's all about who organized it and what what that understanding was. Yeah, don't fall for this again. You know she's gonna sucker you. Don't don't be put in a position where she can. Not that it's your you fault, go. but she's not gonna change. It is now. It will be now moving forward. 
no secret that fast fashion and the demand for fashion in general is helping to wreck our planet while introducing Newly. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month, access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. And they have fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state of the art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I gifted Newly to a friend whose daughter works in an office where you have to be presentable and it's trendy. She gets to try out stuff. She always looks fresh at work. She always looks cute. And when she's done with it, which we usually are after wearing something for a while, she can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code ELIZA20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's. And enter the code ELIZA20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code ELIZA20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, "Mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, a few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. Emily, Smokey Husky, and the whole pod squad. I have a predicament at work that I would love Eliza's take on. I, 28 female, work in a hospital on a relatively large team of people, physical therapy. The team is large, but we're broken up into smaller teams. My team has the smallest office, even though we are the biggest team. There are max eight people that sit in this office that is the size of your average dining room. I'm thinking like maybe 150 to 200 square feet. I tell you that to underscore that the space is small for eight people. I have to pause, Liza, and say, I don't, I can't think in terms of, I don't have no idea what 150 square feet looks like. I was literally thinking that, but sometimes <laughs> when I interrupt you, it, there's a delay. I, as she was saying that, I was like, I literally don't know the square footage of my own house. So, a hundred, let me, let me Google it. Hold on. <laughs> 150 to 200 square feet. I'm like, is that... A bedroom, a closet, a palatial estate. I don't know. 150 square feet is, uh, it's pretty small. Okay. I just Googled 150 square feet. Uh, Eight people, that's, it's pretty small. Okay. Okay. It's pretty small. It's like a little nook, like a little tiny guest bedroom. Okay. Little apartment uh, dining room. Well, yeah, they say average dining room. So it's like, okay. It's 10 by 15 feet. 
Okay. I guess I could have worked backwards from Whatever 150 that means. to 10 by 15. That makes like kind of more sense, but not really. <laughs> oh, I never would have gotten there. Anyways, the point is it's small. Small. Okay. Here's the issue. One of the members of my team, older than the rest of us in her 50s, will not shut up. She is constantly talking to herself, to others in the office who don't talk back to her, jumping into conversations she isn't a part of. She reads things out loud from patients' charts that she thinks is interesting, except she does it with every chart she reads. She will groan or sigh loudly as if to prompt someone to ask what or what's wrong. And when we don't, because we don't want to listen to her, she will just continue making these sounds. She talks herself through trying to figure out problems. We'll ask herself questions, then answer them. Think, why did they do that? And then farther, read farther the chart and go, oh, that's why. I even asked her once in the middle of her reading something out loud from a chart for us all to hear to please stop because I was trying to focus on my work. And she literally held up a finger to me as if to say one minute and said, hold on and just continued reading. Eliza, when I tell you my blood was boiling, I think I got up and walked out. Every other person that sits in this office has had it up to here with their constant talking. It's distracting, disruptive, and almost rude because none of us have quiet while we are trying to work. I know everyone has a problem with her because I've spoken personally with everyone about it and gossiped a little. Yes, guilty. My question is- Tasty, tasty. What can I say to her that politely tells her to shut the fuck up, but isn't so specific that she thinks she can never talk to the office? I know I'll have to pull her aside. It's not that I don't ever want to hear her speak, but- We just need the unnecessary, not related to conversation, talking to stop. This office is too small for us to have to listen to her all day long. Help, we can't move offices. And I have talked to our immediate boss about it, but he won't say anything. Mac. Okay. That feels, I feel very attacked when you say like, and by the way, the two things you were going to say to do, I read it. My first thing is, I'm always, it's always... Scary when it's like, I've talked to other people and they have the same issue, but you're the one that's bothered the most. So what you don't want is to be stuck carrying this torch to go get the monster and you look behind and all the villagers are gone. So it might be an office conversation. You might all just have to get uncomfortable, band together and be like, either they represent you as an elected official and you say this or you all do it together or you ask your boss permission to be like, can we address this with some, like maybe three or four people in the office and her? Because here's the truth. Like this is how she cognates. Like this is how she thinks. It might also be a generational thing. She's also looking to like bond and connect with people. And she's not understanding that like her study habits are infringing on the way that you work. There's also the version where you just are like, Susan, Like, you cannot read out loud like this. Don't ever lose your cool, you know? But what you want to make sure is that when you say something, other people are like, yeah, it's true. It's really difficult. She might be a little shamed and it's going to hurt her feelings. And I don't know if you're funny. Like, I definitely have someone in my life who tells terrible stories and I started making fun of this person. And like, now they like laugh at their own bad stories, but still to hear them. Um, I think what you're suffering really from is not feeling heard at all. Like the fact that she put up her finger, this is just the way this woman is. You're not going to change the reading stuff out loud. Like that is a thing that people do as they get older. I would do my best in front of the boss to just be like, I've been asked to speak on behalf of the office. Here's how we're feeling. 
I don't know. Just make sure that those people back you. What are you gonna do? I don't. Let's hear your hot take. You're so smart. I don't. I mean, look, people. Everyone likes you. Everyone talks about how much they like you. I'm just here alone. (laughs) I, I, I there's not a good way to do it. Look, I can't stand other people's sounds. I definitely have like misophonia. I'm very annoyed. I had a coworker that would constantly whistle. It drove me nuts. But you look like a massive asshole if you tell them to stop. You just do. So. I just felt rage, boiling rage, or I wore noise-canceling headphones, and maybe you all can't wear those because you need to be able to talk to each other. Um, I would try, like, see what you can dampen on your end. Can you put up little partitions so she's, like, behind a wall? No, they can't put up. Yeah, put her office in the bathroom. What this also comes down to is, like, not wanting to spend a ton of energy, like, rejiggering your life for like creative ways. It's like those videos that have like DIY hacks and you're like, why am I making a mold of a watermelon just to make an imprint of a grape, just to make a rubber stamp? Like, what are we doing? (laughs) Right. I mean, is there a way to, when she's doing it, be like, Susan, Susan, we don't need to, like, is there a way to do it in a fun way? Like, we don't, we don't need to know that chart. It's tough. I think your boss needs to stop pussyfooting around and step up. Yeah, the fact that Or you all just threaten to not come in. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely not. You You will be left looking like the bad guy. Uh, but trust me, for whatever it's worth, I feel your pain because I am that person that like has an issue with the slightest thing and everyone swears that bothers them too, but I'm the only one kept up at night. Never engage. Do not fall for it. When she keeps sighing, let her sigh and groan. None of you get How yes. many days can she really sigh and groan for with nothing before she gives up? Gaslighter. And you know, as long as you're all like a united front, but you never engage. And you can just be like, Susan, I'm sorry. I'm just reading this and I, you're just doing that out loud. Like, you know, and let her spiral. Let her get upset. But like, you have to be okay. It's uncomfortable to bring it up because you don't know what she's going to say. But yeah, do not engage. Always ignore. You'll get pretty good at it. And eventually, eventually she'll just become part of the walls. Yeah. Sorry, though. That's so annoying. So annoying. Oh, God. Like tantric sex and like autoerotic asphyxiation, you will begin to enjoy how silent you can be after she tries to get people's attention. Like, it will be uncomfortable at first, and then eventually you'll be like, this is so delicious. Be like, Susan waited for two minutes for a response the other day. Yeah. You keep a little tally in your office, and whoever has the over-under on how long it takes before she snaps gets a pizza party. Okay. She is going to snap. Hey, Liza. My name is Dana. I'm 31 years old and I have a real problem. Before I get into that, I just want to say I love the podcast and my fiance and I drove to Philly to see you. We're from Long Island. Anyways, back to the real reason I'm writing to you. My fiance and I are getting married next October. Growing up, my father was very abusive mentally, emotionally, and physically. I was beaten with a belt on several occasions and my dad's favorite name to call me was Bitch. I have never been a daddy's girl ever and prayed throughout my childhood that my mom would finally leave this man. Spoiler alert, she didn't. A few months ago when we started planning the wedding, I decided to eliminate the father-daughter dance. I have never been close with my dad and don't feel like he's earned that right. About a week ago, I got into a huge fight with him that took place in front of my fiance. He screamed at me so violently, he would have thought I committed a crime or a senseless act to deserve that. My father got in my face and he hesitated for a second, I'm assuming because he wanted to hit me, but my fiance put his hand in front of him and told him to back off. 
Since then, I told my mom that I don't want him to walk me down the aisle, nor do I want him to be a guest at my wedding. My mom thinks it'll all blow over and keeps mentioning how he was mean to my older sister before her wedding too. I'm tired of people downplaying my feelings toward my father and stating that I'll get over it and I should let him walk me down the aisle. What should I do? Just a side note, I broke the cycle of generational trauma and I am not marrying an abusive man. My fiance is wonderful. He's just like his dad, who's an amazing father and husband. His dad has pretty much become the father figure I look up to now and we have a great relationship. Congratulations on your little man as well. And I love seeing all your cute videos of Sierra. Thank you. I'm really sorry that you had to go through that. Even just a grown man screaming at you is still traumatizing. But let me ask you this. I don't have the answer. I'm not asking you this because I have the answer. Are you putting those boundaries in place to punish your father or because it will make you feel good? Because it would seem to me, you're obviously used to being abused by this person. So there's a little bit of like Stockholm syndrome for that. And he is your father. Uh, Even if he's awful, there's still that bond. Um, if he had done all these things my whole life, it would have been in my head already like this lunatic's not walking me down the aisle. But it seems like the way you wrote it made it seem like because of his actions recently, I don't want him doing these things. And I think you probably feel guilty. You're like, well, he is my dad. And I don't know the optics of your family. Do Is this an open secret that he's like this? Is it just something your mom knows? Do you care? about his feelings because it if nobody else knows he does this and you care about putting on airs like it does send a certain message will what will make you feel the best i have a very good friend whose dad never hit her but was like chemically imbalanced and would yell at her a lot and i was there when he did it and it was just like what the hell was that and he was so unstable he's not an alcoholic actually i don't know what he is but he was so unstable that she just didn't invite him to her wedding Now, he wasn't married to her mother, so there wasn't that connective thread. But she, like, never regretted it. And years later, they've kind of reconnected. What you're missing is an acknowledgement from both parents, because your mom is well aware of this and obviously has suffered her own trauma. Who knows if he hit her or not. But is doing the typical enabler thing of, like, well, you know, he doesn't mean he's mean to her. That's, by the way, that's the worst justification. Like, he was mean to your sister, too. It's not like he's negging you because he's afraid he's losing his baby girl. Like, he hit you. That is so fucking traumatic. I've never been hit by a parent. But I I can remember all the times in my life that a grown man was horrible to me. And like, it's, and I don't even know, the, like, I don't even know them. <laughs> it was on a traffic light. <laughs> it stays with you. Yeah. I'm sure you're in therapy. I'm sure you've had a lifetime to think about it, but... Moving on, especially with this new man you're making a life with, this is all about you. So at the very least, what needs to happen is a conversation. At the very least, you need to be heard when you tell him, here are the things you've done to me and you can justify it all you want, but this has deeply scarred me. And you're a hurtful person. So I don't know that I need a hurtful person around me on what's supposed to be one of the most beautiful days of my life. Start with that because there is a place where he breaks down, he cries, he acknowledges it, you feel bad. There's no right or wrong answer. You have to take all these into consideration, but you have not been heard or seen. And that is what's the most painful. And your mother ignoring it. I mean, she's got to live with the guy. So I kind of, 
I, I guess I get that. But you know what? If you don't want, if you really, from like the highest place, you don't want him to walk you down the aisle and it's not about the optics and you're like, I don't want this piece of shit on my arm, then you don't do it. And he, it will be big of him if he comes anyway. I definitely have a friend. I know someone who got married and her dad like was kind of a piece of shit and cheated on the mom and wasn't there. And the dad just sat by quietly and someone else walked her down the aisle. Nobody's going to care, by the way, if you choose to just be walked by your mom. Nobody's going to question it. Nobody's going to be like, what happened? And if they do, who cares? You're too busy doing the electric slide. The wedding is a great, the reason, the reason weddings are so hard with so many choices is because like, this is your way of saying to the world, like this is from now on is when I make choices just for me and this man. And I'm sorry that that happened to you. And that's awful. But I support you. Just know over here at the pod, you got to do, we believe you got to do what makes you feel good. As long as you're making it from the decision from the right place. It sounds like you don't want him to walk you down the aisle at minimum. For sure. You don't want that. Um, and that you, because of his behavior, you now are like, well, if you're going to be like that, I don't want you to be a guest either. I would say 100% do not let him bully you into him walking you down the aisle. Do not do that. The guest thing is up to you. You have no obligation. If your mom's going to be a dick about it, like these are not people who are serving you. Like you've got your fiance, you've also, got his parents, you've got people who love you. This is your day. Remember this. Everything in a wedding is spiritual or religious or symbolic. And the symbology of the dad walking the daughter down the aisle is rooted in like, this daughter was my property. She lived in my house. But it's literally called giving your daughter away. And you can simply say, you can't give me away because I was never yours. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have any obligation. I'm shocked you're still in contact with him, to be honest. You know, that's tough. That's hard to do. Don't well, let him ruin your wedding. You probably are, you've probably equivocated away. Maybe it wasn't as bad. And as an adult, you're just, maybe you're just realizing it. Who knows how you process your own trauma. The other option is the fight club option, which is, dad, your hands go behind your back for the next five minutes and I can do whatever I want. And no, it's not going to be a hug. And then we'll be even. Kick it. <laughs> Top of the cob. Taste the top of the cob. You're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. Oh, sorry, folks. It's a, a, it's a, it's a, a turkey episode. blaster of an episode. It's a turkey blaster of an episode. We're keeping it short because you got to start throwing up, making some stomach space for tomorrow. No, it's don't really tell Emily's them that. fault, to be honest. <laughs> Whatever. Like, if that's where you're really getting your nutritional advice from, me being like, puke now. Or forever hold your beans. Get the big pants out. I have a new rule, by the way. Fine. Only people who put their names will get them read. No more anonymous for these tops. Like, it's a good thing that happened. Keep it anonymous. Don't tell anyone I had a lollipop. Okay. Well, guys, put your name in the email and I'll read it at the end. Like, say thanks, my name. Because I don't just read it. They have email addresses, but I don't just say them out loud. And the routing number. And your, <laughs> your routing number. My okay, fan top of the cob. My top of the cob is that after months in the works, I've finally caught up and listened to every AIA episode, processing all of you guys' life changes, two dogs, three cats, one full kid, one pending Aww. baby, one angel baby, and one move across the country. In just a few months is a lot. I feel Aww. so accomplished. Also, my other top of the cob, when the closed door button in an elevator actually closes the door and doesn't just make you stand there thinking you did something is pretty dope too. Thanks. Love you guys. 
Ooh, I love closing it on someone because no one says anything. Even the person getting closer is like, hey, what? People are just like, oh, it's yeah. too awkward. <laughs> um, I like how she's like, look at all these life events. She's like, we did it. <laughs> I listen. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Emily, what's yours? Let my, me guess. There my, wasn't a line at urgent care. Okay. <laughs> no, my top of the cup, actually, as we come into another holiday season, um, I miss LA. I miss you. It is nice to live near my family. Oh my it's God. really nice. <laughs> as much nice. as I miss, as you much miss as I me. miss things, yeah, of course I do. But it, but it is nice to be fifteen you are, minutes from my parents. You were always invited to stuff, and you were always like, "Nah." I'm like, "Do you want to have Thanksgiving with a real family?" Like, "Nah." I got a Sandra Bullock interview queued up to just the part where she crosses her legs the other way. <laughs> <laughs> I would never. I would never disrespect Sandy. <laughs> SB. Uh, I actually have two tops. Okay. I almost posted this on Instagram. They're both Instagram related. I'm going to give you double top stuffing because the episode's a little shorter. The Israel Hamas terrorist Palestine, like it is so overwhelming. It is very hard as a mother to a Jewish child. She doesn't know she's Jewish yet. Um, to think about those hostages. And I think about it a lot and the situation, and just seeing the anti-Semitism, I have to, like, hammer this home, like, and the amount of misinformation, and now you got people siding with, like, Osama bin Laden, this and is your Hamas, top? because, no, I'm just letting you know, like, it is, okay. and I, I doom scroll, and I don't realize it, and I'm just looking for other people who understand, it's just, it's really heavy, and horrible, and my soul aches, and I feel so helpless, and so at night, I'm like, stop scrolling. You don't even realize you've been scrolling for like 45 minutes. Put the phone down. And I found a respite and I go on Etsy and I Google felt garlands and felt wreaths for the holidays. I only bought one, but it was like really elegant. But like, I just find it really soothing to look at all of them. And I look at like holiday LED lights. Like, you know what's fun is a nice little string of like gingerbread LED lights. I never buy them. I always look. There's like certain things that like I'll never buy, but I do, but I like to look. And I just, it's the only thing that's actually made me feel like a little soothed, like a little bit of a brain bomb. And then okay. I read a page of a book and I go to sleep. <laughs> okay. So but my, my real top. So go look at the felt wreaths. Buy one. They're perennial. Okay. My top of the cup. I didn't post this because I actually get... I think it's kind of lame when people celebrate this, but I'll share it with you guys. Uh, I posted that clip just from a set I did at the improv, my Gen Z versus millennial bit, which is better and longer and richer and awesome, more awesome in person. But in the past like 72 hours, it got me like over 30,000 followers, which got me to 1 million followers. Yeah. Which like, yeah, in a way like should have been there a while ago. But keep in mind, I joined Instagram like way before maximum growth was the goal. And it was just really cool to participate in something and actually have it have results versus like, here's my heart in my standup. And it's like, oh, 20,000 views. So it felt good to be validated and like, oh yeah, the thing that you do the best is the thing that people care about the most versus like a funny bit or like a get ready with me or something. But my social media manager was like, here's how we should post about it. I was like, no, because I cringe when people are like, you guys, 10K followers, thank you so much. I'm like, they didn't nominate you for a peace prize. They just probably saw your feet. Anyway, so, but I'm pumped. It's nice. It's cool. It's fucking cool that it worked. Okay. The algorithm didn't 
Fuck me. All right, go ahead. I have to go. Bottom of the cob, fan bottom. My bottom of the cob is when you're trying to call someone and a child under the age of five answers their cell phone. Then it becomes a hostage negotiation oh for the child to find the rightful owner of the cell phone. And of course, this usually happens under the most dire circumstances, like when I'm ordering takeout for everyone and need their orders, or when I'm stuck outside my friend's gated community and can't remember the gate code. Thanks for all laughs, Haley in Phoenix. I guess I haven't gotten to that phase of life yet. Go on. My bottom is... I can't answer because Emily's got to go. I have to go. My bottom is lost recipes. There, there's a recipe my grandma made and I she's dead and I don't know where it is and I want to make it for Thanksgiving, but I can't find it and I can't remember what it was. What is it? It was like spinach and artichoke hearts, but also she was someone who used yogurt instead of sour cream and things. So, I, you know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. It was sour. I, I bet Noah it. could help you. Okay, I'll have to I bet Noah could help you. Okay. Okay. My bottom of the cob is directly related to my million followers. Before I hit a million, the night before, the bit had gone viral. So it had amassed millions of views and I had amassed like several thousand more followers. And I had a show at the improv and I had a show at the comedy store. And like being the center of my own universe, I was like, I put on like a little bit extra makeup because I was like, well, I bet people tonight are going to be coming because they heard about my viral bit and they're going to be no. expecting something from me. And it was two of the worst shows that I've had in recent memory. Like the crowds were just, it wasn't even personal. They were just brain dead and awful and like didn't get anything. And I was just like, these bits kill. And I didn't do the bit. But like thinking you're going to like a party for yourself and like nobody knows who you are <laughs> is very humbling. They were terrible, but it wasn't my fault. Folks, happy Thanksgiving. We made it. Remember to be kind. Why am I saying that? Be kind to yourself. Uh, remember, you only really get to eat these foods once a year and also at Christmas, so load up. And if you got to puke to make room for more, that's okay too. No. No, don't say it. Load up. The summary of the video is load up. Of the video, of the show. All right, Emily's got to go. This deserved a better ending. Gobble, 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 gobble. I'm Cindy Lauper. My psoriasis was all over, even on my scalp, which may mean four times the risk for psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix works on both. Cosentix secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis 300 milligram dose and adults with active psoriatic arthritis 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or one Eight four four Cosentix. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Addy. Hey, did you know there's a little pink pill? Wait, a what? A little pink pill? Did you say a little pink pill? Yes, the little pink pill. You definitely need to know about this. Are you for real? Just to be clear, you're telling me there's a little pink pill for me? That's right. The little pink pill. And it's called Addy. A-D-D-Y-I or Flavanserin. Learn more about the little pink pill at A-D-D-Y-I.com. See full prescribing information and medication guide, including boxed warning regarding severe low blood pressure and fainting in certain settings at addy.com slash P-I or call 844-PINK-PILL. Good news, ladies. There's more. Addy, the FDA-approved little pink pill, is also affordable and can be shipped directly to your front door. That's right. With insurance coverage, Addy is only $20 per month and $0 after month three. If your insurance doesn't cover Addy, there is still a discount program to get you the best possible price and get free shipping right to your door. So now's the time to ask your doctor about Addy. Learn more at Addy.com. 
That's A-D-D-Y-I dot com. 